0: It's Thayer Thursday. Thursday.
1: Tom Thayer. Thayer. 1985 Super Bowl champion and football analyst for the Chicago Bears. Heat to win the division, win the division, get into the playoffs. Former offensive lineman. Do they need to get better? Do they need to give up less sacks? Yes, of course. Tom Thayer. Tom Thayer. It's Thayer Thursday
2: on Cap'n J. Hood, ESPN Chicago. Good morning, Chicago. Welcome in to the Cap'n J. Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000, and we're streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. With Mark Silverman, Sylvie, in for cap, I am Jay Hood. We've got Shay, we've got Jay Moore, we've got you. On this Thayer Thursday, as Tom Thayer is on the CarX Tire and
1: Auto Hotline. Rattle,
0: rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't
1: worry, call the Car X Good morning to you, Tom. How are you? Good, man. How are you guys doing? Good to talk to you.
2: Uh, great to talk to you, Tom. we got so many things to talk to you about, but first, before we even take another step, I know you've told this story a million times, but for our new listeners, we want you to tell us about that week leading into the Super Bowl for you, that experience was for you. It's already, listen, the Super Bowl was every week for the Bears around here anyway because of the helicopters and all the media coverage and everything else when you played. But what about the Super Bowl that week? What are your fondest memories?
1: Uh, Probably meeting Vanna White. Um, Was (laughs) that... and I, I was out to dinner with Tom Dreeson and a couple of other guys, and Vanna White was in the restaurant. And Vanna White happened to be a roommate with the wife of one of the players from the Atlanta Falcons, a guy named Colton, or uh, Colton, or Uh, Kiken, uh I'll, I'll think of his name in a minute. Colton Fickendoll. And huh? anyways, anyways, um, that was. Uh, that was his his wife with were roommates in college and I was there and he had played with my brother-in-law with the Atlanta Falcons so I said hey I said Sherry Kuykendall is a friend of mine oh my god I you know so that that was a big thrill that week um but you know we had we had prepared everything during the week before practice and we kind of went down there and had some practices, but they weren't as intense as they were the week before. So we had an opportunity to get out uh, at night and have some um, Bourbon Street fun, and uh, I, I think that was one of the key ingredients. And again, I always say I'm just good. There's no cell phones at that time because we didn't need that as as well as all the other distractions we had.
0: One of your teammates, Tom, uh, is finally getting his due. We, we, we thought it would happen as he was a, a senior member that was getting voted in, but it's reportedly getting, getting confirmed and it will be officially announced tonight along with Devin Hester and Julius Peppers. But Mongo will officially get elected in the 2024 class tonight. What does that mean for you?
1: Uh, to me, it kind of sucks because he deserves it long before this. And for the personality of Ming not to stand on that podium and give a speech that would just be awesome for people to listen to around the world, I feel proud of him getting in, excuse me, getting in the Hall of Fame because he deserves it as much as anybody. But for him to get in at this point in his life and um, you know being bedridden and you know the effects of ALS, I feel happy because he deserves it. This is not a pity selection. He deserves it on the merit of his accomplishments and his dedication to the football life in the NFL. And same
2: thing with uh, special teamer Devin Hester. We've been waiting for a while for him as well. I, I've always thought he was a Hall of Famer, Tom, and I, you know, I'm glad that uh, he's going to be able to get his due. If we've got kickers and punters in, why not a guy like Devin Hester?
1: Oh, I agree 100%. And even now over the last couple of years with changing the rules and allowing guys to fair catch in the field of play and the whole, you know, kind of uh, downplaying the role and the importance and the excitement of the return game. Um, I don't know if anybody will have the impact in the game from this point on that Devin Hester has had. So he deserves it as much as any position player out there. You know, when you look at them putting in Joe Thomas from the Cleveland Browns for being, you know, on a losing team for 10 years, and then what Devin Hester was accomplished in his career, I think Devin Hester is deserving of the Hall of Fame as much as any position player out there.
0: What's the uh, story from the opening uh, kickoff of the Super Bowl with you and Joniak in the booth? Did Did you smack him or something like that?
1: I had to. Because all of a sudden he saw the opening for Devin Hester and knew that he was going to call a kickoff return touchdown. And, all you know, these guys were all giddy and stuff. And I had to give him a pretty significant slap on the back and tell him, hey, focus on the game because this game hasn't even started yet. Because as you see that uh, return open up, from the broadcast booth, the first thing I did is look down on the field at Peyton Manning, and Peyton Manning has his back to the field and he's clapping towards all of his teammates, tell you know, getting them re-inspired. So you know, he didn't sit there in awe of that return. He said, oh, "I got to get these guys back into this game immediately," and so I, I knew that as great as a, a you know as great as an exciting first play of a Super Bowl that could be. You know, you had to respect the fact that the game hadn't even started yet. And there was a lot more to go.
2: So this matchup here with San Francisco uh, against Kansas City, we have a, a team in Kansas City that's on a terrific run here with Patrick Mahomes. And then there's San Francisco and Shanahan with this young quarterback, Purdy. How do you look at the game coming up on Sunday?
1: You know, when I look back at the Tampa Bay Super Bowl and how they were able to attack Patrick Mahomes and put him in a retreat position, that you know we we all know that's, that they are capable of doing that with some of the matchups they have at the line of scrimmage in the linebacker position for San Francisco. But I kind of look at this battle, and I think to me the mo- of all these highfalutin special players that are in this game. To me, Chris Jones for the Kansas City Chiefs is one of the more important players in this game. Patrick Mahomes is great. He's got some great offensive weapons. Pacheco is a really good running back, playing well at this time. But when you look at Brock Purdy and you look at his delivery and you look at the lack of elusiveness of his of, of his game and you look at what Chris Jones can do to an offensive line, so Chris Jones is never going to rush against Trent Williams for me. He's going to rush against Colton McKibbets or Buford. McKibbets during the season, he's given up nine sacks. Buford during the season, he's given up four sacks. And Banks, the left guard, too, is not the strongest at the point of attack. So I am going to say, okay, Chris Jones, I want you to put the quarterback for the 49ers on the defensive immediately and see if you can interrupt the flow of that creative Shanahan offense. So as much as you want to look at the George Kittles and the Christian McCaffreys, Debo Samuel, and all the other you know offensive weapons, I still think the line of scrimmage is going to have the biggest effect on this game.
0: You mentioned Purdy. He's he's become a polarizing topic because when people give him credit, some people think that he gets too much credit. And then when people say that, other people start singing his praises louder. How do you feel about Brock Purdy?
1: I, you know, I love what Brock Purdy has done since he's come into the NFL. He's had a fight, an uphill battle. He was the bottom of the totem pole of the quarterback position room when he got here. And through hard work and understanding of the offense and uh, Shanahan, understanding what Purdy is capable of delivering to him, it's the perfect match. And so, I, you know, Brock Purdy, he doesn't deserve criticism. He only deserves compliment. Is he Is he Lamar Jackson? No. Is he Patrick Mahomes? No. But can he use the offensive complimented weapons that ha, that he has and, and have an effectively run offense that's time-consuming and scoring? And you get Christian McCaffrey into a record-setting pace on touchdowns. He uses George Kittle. He uses the creativity of Shanahan. So I, I think... Brock Purdy, um, if he's hoisting the Super Bowl trophy at the end of the game, he deserves it as much as any quarterback. Because if you look at athletic comparisons between he and Joe Montana, they're really similar. And Joe Montana was the type of guy that was fed an offense by Bill Walsh and developed the West Coast offense up to where it is at, at this modern day NFL. So, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, I'm happy for his accomplishments. And I hope he's there for a long time to come. Tom
2: Thayer with us uh, as Sylvie's in for Kappa on the Kappa J-Hood Morning Show on ESPN 1000 and on the ESPN Chicago app. The analysis around the quarterback play and offenses has gotten lazy in 2024 it's gotten lazy because what we're doing now is tom is that we're counting rings instead of taking a look at the talent uh the three of us grew up in the in the 80s you played in the 80s into the 90s where you saw quarterbacks it wasn't based on rings it's just based on production how how far up the hill can you get an offense going and we saw the likes of fouts and plunkett and moon and so many others before we even talk about montana elway and those that actually did win championships i'll ask you this Here in 2024, where do you place Patrick Mahomes amongst the best quarterbacks that you've seen?
1: Um, You know, right up near the top. I mean, it's hard to deny that he's, you know, what he does with his arm release levels, what he does with his outside-the-box thinking, what he's been able to do with the influx of talent coming in and out of that football team, how poorly their offensive tackle position is played this year, most penalized out there. So everything that he's done with new incoming players, it's really, excuse me, it's super impressive. Patrick Mahomes is one of the most creative uh, quarterbacks in the history of the NFL.
2: Okay, so you say right up there is that top five, and who's in that five? Go ahead.
1: Um, I'll give you know Patrick Mahomes, obviously Brady. Uh, You know, I love the creativity of Lamar Jackson. I like, you know, back in my day what Marino and Elway did throughout the course of their career. So, you know, the, the, you got that selection of guys, and there's something different about all of them. You know, Elway took a little time to develop. Marino w- was ready to play as soon as he got into the league. You, what I'm in awe week in and week out of what I see out of Lamar Jackson. It's just incredible what he's doing at the quarterback position. So I think everybody has something different in their arsenal um, that uh, is the reason they're up near the top.
0: Um, to the Bears' stuff, are you surprised that Luke Etsy got another job?
1: Uh, not really. You know, it seems like a rotating position. Are you surprised Shane Waldron got another job? I mean, you can look at it this you know, a lot of different ways. I'm glad they kept Antonio Pierce in Las Vegas. I'm really excited to see what he does there as a head coach. And so I'm, I'm more excited to see what he's going to do as to what Luke Getzey's going to do. And Antonio Pierce recently has said, the reason I hired Luke Getzey is because they kicked our butts when we got to Chicago. But, you know, Tyson Bajant was playing quarterback, and it was one of the worst teams at that point in the season that I've seen in a long time. So, you know, we'll see how it happens because Luke Getze's not bringing Aaron Rodgers with them. And you think of what Nathaniel Hackett and Luke Getze has done in the last couple years on their own. It sure hasn't, you know, put a you know, in, inspired other teams to fi- follow their offensive background. And, you know, when you think about Shanahan and what he's been able to do, yeah, he's got to win the Super Bowl or else, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people still curious about what his future, not what his future is going to be immediately, but what his legacy is going to be in terms of uh, big, big game success.
2: So, Tom, will you give your prediction for the Super Bowl now or do we have to wait for Bears Weekly at 630 with you and Jeff?
1: I'm saying twenty-seven, twenty-four, Kansas City.
2: It's a good game, right? Yeah, there. Yeah, that's a really good yeah. game. Yep. Got to stay uh, halfway sober to watch it if it's going to be that good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tom, as always, we appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show.
1: Uh, thanks for having me, guys. See you, Tom. I appreciate it. Super Bowl
2: champion Tom Thayer and color analyst for the Bears, right here on the home of the Bears and the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline.
0: Rattle, rattle, thunder, clatter, boom, boom, boom. Don't worry, really call the Car X
2: all right, so, I love <laughs> so I love Cap clarifies his Super Bowl deal-breaker. And getting back to Sylvia and I in our conversation about the Bulls, will there be a move today of any sort over on the West Side? We talk about it coming up next. Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000 and on Twitch.
0: Cap and Jay Hood are back. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. On Chicago's Home for Sports, ESPN Chicago.
2: Captain Jay Hood on ESPN One Thousand and uh, streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. It is Sylvie from Waddle and Sylvie. He's with me today as we rekindle we Skokie and South Shore, the old show. I love it.
0: Have you been to Skokie? Have you ever been to Skokie? Yeah. Have you? Yeah. Why? What do you ask? I'm I'm just wondering. Is that you try to try make conversation or? <laughs> I saw Jay Moore in Skokie, a matter of fact, four days ago. Yes, sir.
2: Yes, I've been to Skokie. Yes. And anything anything besides that, or is that all you have? No, I was
0: wondering. Yeah, yes. You know me. The family and I go to South Shore. Yeah. You know it. Oh, yeah. What'd you see there? Plenty. Yeah? Tell Pl- me about it. Plenty. Yeah? I hung out. Yeah? Some good food. Uh-huh. What was the fair? What'd you eat there?
2: weird stuff $1 that's a I've fine already paid that's, a, that's that. a fine that's a fine i mean it just i mean just stopping the show in his tracks ever been the scalp that, why wouldn't why wouldn't i be what that's what this
0: chair does it's the chair
3: the best is what'd you eat stuff <laughs> there's no right
0: answer there's no right answer
2: Oh, there's the right answer, but would you be canceled? That's the question. <laughs> Greeny will be with us at ten o'clock,
0: followed by Carmen.
2: But I would protect you, though. Don't worry about it. Hey, look, always remember this: we've known each other for a long time—almost oh, twenty that. years, yeah. right? Remember, at I'm, least, yeah. But keep in mind, older brother, I'm with you, winner tie. As we go to uh, <laughs> Carmen Yurko, twelve to three, they'll broadcast live from Twin Peaks in Warrenville. And then Waddle and uh, Cap will be together from 2.30 to 6.30. An extra hour? Jeez. He's going to die. <laughs> He's going to be tapping out. F- Odie, get me out of here. Bears Weekly. Then we have uh, Blaken and Abdallah
0: right here on Chicago's Home for Sports. Is he flying in today? Yeah. He was. Already- was he, so was he listening in North Carolina on his way back? I imagine, yeah. He's already landed. Oh, he's already... He, he's, he's here. The early bird? Mm-hmm. I thought he lands at
2: like
3: 1130 or something. I don't
0: know. He's already landed in his mind. Because he was... Oh, well. When he... He must have been listening to Deal Breakers um, because he claims the question, or at least the way it was phrased when Shea said the Super Bowl party that he pitched and said that... You uh, would go upstairs and find that the homeowner was going at it with his wife. How did you phrase it? Yeah,
3: it was. It was it, that's what I remembered it being. You see, go upstairs, you see that your wife nailing the homeowner, it's and then, and then, and,
0: and, then jo- and then would you join? And then would you join in, in? Deal breaker or not? And I'm like, what kind of a question is that? And then he claims that the homeowner is a woman homeowner. Okay.
3: Yeah, oh, so no. so it's two wives, because you know this guy. It, I mean, <laughs> or maybe the homeowner is single. A little, his, little menage a His his brain just lives in the gutter, just constantly.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's a menage a trois. No matter what, no if, matter who, is it, right? You no, know, no matter what, isn't it? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, yeah it yes. Just three, right? Yep. <laughs> that's right that's right Jay Moore. that means tree <laughs> the twiles. Twiles for three, yeah. one two tree that means tree one two tree y'all all right dan let's let's get it on that's exactly what it is that means tree that's right so
0: that that's what he's claiming
2: <laughs> like sesame street one two three yes it's three so that's what you know, and, and clarifications suck. By the way, I mean, I, I mean, just let it go. It doesn't matter. You don't need to clarify something fun. I mean, I, I mean, we I mean, don't have to clarify fun. It's just fun. Just let it out there. <laughs> I must clarify in the court of law. And uh, you know, well, actually, it's twelve to three. It's not seven to ten.
3: Oh, uh, hoodie, don't don't ever represent me saying I wanted a devil's menage a trois. Now, please,
0: well, yeah, take co- that. I mean, there's no need to clarify. I wasn't talking about that Frank was nailing my wife upstairs. <laughs> That's
2: not what I was saying. It was
0: Francine. Uh, <laughs> Cut that
1: meat. Sandwich. Cut that meat.
2: That's all. You don't need to clarify. 12 to 3 is clarification. Well, actually, it was. Well, De- DeAndre Ayton, did he have 25 last night? Was it 24? Was it 25? Was it 24? Was it 25? It doesn't matter! DeAndre Ayton doesn't matter. Look it up, up, kids. Look it up. Guys, look it up. So was it 25 or 24? I think it was 25. Was it 24? Is his the
0: name the Iceman yet? Carm? DeAndre Ayton. Oh. Because he couldn't make it to the game because of the ice in Portland. It should be. A week or two ago. It should be. It should be. My point is
2: there's no need for clarification when you're having yeah, fun. Yeah, I understand. That's that's my whole thing.
3: We have our first NBA trade of the day. What, what, is it is anything
0: it, of interest? Is it breaking news? Kind of interest. No,
3: nah, not really. It's the Pacers are trading Buddy Heald to the 76ers for Marcus Morris, Furkan Korkmaz, and three second-round picks.
0: Buddy. No, no, that's good. It's not bad. Buddy Heald can shoot. That's
3: good for Philly.
2: But only say the word, and I should, shall be healed. That's outstanding, man. Let me tell you something. So this kind of goes into our thoughts about the Bulls in the Eastern Conference. So, you know, somehow, some way, the Pacers were floundering, and you knew that they were going to be a better team. You knew that that was going to happen with the the head coach that they know, that has been there before, been there and done that. And so all I'm saying is, Bulls fans, especially those that were in full throat and so excited about the Minnesota game, Sylvia and I were excited about it too because it was – Kobe White really coming out in a big way. DeMar DeRozan has always been solid. But you take a look at that Eastern Conference, and and you see the Celtics, the Cavs, the Bucks, the Knicks, the 76ers without Embiid for quite a while here, and the Pacers. And the Heat and the Magic are ahead of the Bulls. And I'm just saying that as much as I love Kobe White, that's not who you build around. Can you find a build-around star or player on this Bulls roster that you would not trade?
0: No. No, Look, you wouldn't trade Kobe White, and he is worth keeping as an uh, an important part. He's a great story, but no, he's not a a one, and that's where we've gotten into trouble before as as uh, the Bulls franchise that you overlove your players. He's 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 fantastic. I love Kobe White, but this is I wanted to read this to you. This yes. is from Bleacher Nation Bulls. Yeah, Bleacher Nation does a really good job covering the the Cubs. The Bears, the Bulls, they've got uh, websites on all the teams. And they tweeted this out, and I could not endorse this more. Hmm. The most frustrating phrase used when talked about the Bulls right now is they want to, quote, remain competitive. This implies they currently are or have been competitive. They have been low-end play-in team for the past two years. What the heck is their definition of competitive? Yeah, they have basically the same record that they had last year when they didn't even make the playoffs. They are not competitive. This is the definition of NBA hell. Even two years ago when they were, what, 46 and 36, they won one playoff game, Huddy. One playoff game against the Milwaukee Bucks. How long can you continue to shrug your shoulders and say, well, Lonzo Ball got hurt. Shh, poor us. Yeah, it's like what they got bogged down in with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose at least was like their one, their superstar. But still, they for many years kept saying, "Poor us." Derrick Rose, like other teams, just continue to swing. Yep. Guys get hurt. Guys leave their franchise, and they continue to try and do something. The Bulls here just continue to do nothing and don't even have a plan. What is their plan right now? The plan has always been the same.
2: Keep the lights on at the United Center in mid-April when the season's over. Keep them on just for the play-in, just for a first-round playoff. That's, that's the competitive advantage they're talking about. It's not trying to go deep in the playoffs. It's keeping the lights on after the regular season, just for a game or for a series. That's what that matters to them the most. And the reason why I know is because look how the ball club is run. That's how I know that that's all they care about. Listen, I understand that when you signed Zach Levine and you gave him that full boat, great. But you need to add on and still be able to say, alright, we, we're going to build around Zach. Okay, you want to build around what is considered the third best player on a good team? Go ahead. You want to be able to build around this generation's Reggie Theus? Go right ahead. It's fine. And yes, you that? love Reggie, too. Yeah, I love Reggie. done radio shows with Reggie. But the whole thing, though, Sylvie, is is that you have to, you don't stop there. You sign Levine and then you got to keep moving. DeMar DeRozan wants to stay in Chicago. He loves it here. But you know what? Business is business. He's the oldest player on the team. He still can get it done. But anywhere he's been, he's always been a second or third banana. And he, and you're not going to get more from DeRozan than what you have. You have DeRozan that's giving you production and you still can't win. You have Vucevic that can give you double figures uh, offensively. It's not how much he scores, but when he scores it. And that again, those are good third pieces on a good team. Right, third. Fourth pieces on a good right. team. Kobe White on a good team is your microwave off the bench. I know that stings the nostrils for some Bulls fans, but it's true. As much as I love what Kobe has done as most, you know, most improved player in the league to me, still on a good team,
0: he's coming off the bench. He is. That's he, what he is. You know what sucks the most about the Levine deal? Is if you're a Sox fan and if you're a Bulls fan, jerry reinsdorf hates to pay players he hates to pay players big so he's looking at the levine deal and he's seeing it as a wasted contract now and i understand that a lot of people didn't want to pay him he's going to chalk that up and say you see you see what happens when i pay big money to a star And he's not going to want to pay the next White Sox player. He's not going to want to pay the next free agent. He's not going to want to max the next Bulls player. And it's only going to hurt the Bulls and the White Sox in the future. Yeah, Zach Levine, that's his John Danks. Um, We never
2: paid paid with five years for a pitcher.
0: And so you could say, well, I was right about Zach. I knew Zach didn't deserve it. But the problem here is, Bulls and Sox fans, is Jerry's going to look at it and it's going to be another reason why he's not going to want to dabble in free agency with the big market guys. Jay
2: Moore, what assets do they have, though, to make some some big splashes? What do they have? I mean, what the, the assets like, is, is that it, you do what Oklahoma City has done. And by the way, you know, here's a parallel shade. So it's the. Look at Houston, the Houston Texans going from a more franchise to be, get to the playoffs. Oklahoma City, just a, a middling, you know, not very good franchise, building on draft picks. They got seven million draft picks, right? And somehow, some way, through Shea, Shea Gilders, Alexander, Giddy, all the players that they have, that's a contender now in the West. It's the, kind of the same kind of. Uh, jolt from the bottom to the top. For the Bulls, they have to do that same thing. They, the, the assets, Jay Moore, is, is that DeRozan can't be here. And I know many teams want Caruso as that Swiss Army knife. All the mm-hmm. things that he does. Pe- if people didn't watch the Minnesota game, he was as important as White or DeRozan on the floor. He yeah. getting, sticking his beak in there, you know, getting turnovers, taking on the best talent defensively, all those things. Teams would want that yes. right now. They want him to bad. Add. So, so, so it is. So, as much as Jay Moore, I would say, Sylvia and I would love to say, you know what? Bulls need that momentum for the Minnesota game. Add on. Find a way to trade Tory Craig and Carter and Desumu. Nobody wants that. You're not getting anything for that. So, right. so you have to go
3: the other way. You gotta really strip it down. But the problem, Hoodie, is like it, OKC had Paul George that they could move and get a huge value back. The Sixers had some good players when they stripped it down that they could get a ton of p- picks back that turned into Joel Embiid. Celtics, when they tore it down, mm-hmm. traded their big three, Paul Pierce, Garnett. Uh, you, you don't have the high level assets that you can send somewhere to get a bunch of assets back. And look at the Bulls. This this is
0: what happens when you stand still. Well, and and this is the saddest part about all of this is in 2017, they had Jimmy Butler. And they said, we're in NBA hell. We're a mid team and we're going to trade Jimmy Butler so we can reset it. They've wasted how many years? 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, and they're going to go back to the same place they were in 2017. Yeah. Damn. Meanwhile, you built Orlando, who's ahead of you. (laughs) You helped with that, with the Vucevich deal. Nice job. So sad. So this
2: this is where you are, Bulls fans. So we, Sylvie and I do not expect any splashes from the west side, because that's not what they do. Nope. It's the Caps Settlers. Um, Super Bowl Price is Right. All we play a game. The Super Bowl Price is Right. Stay tuned for that. And don't forget, we'll check the weekend weather with Tracy Butler at nine fifty. All part of the mix on your home for the Bears and White Sox. ESPN One Thousand.
0: and J Hood, I'm back. We are back, baby. We are back. We're back. Yeah. it. on Chicago's home for sports. ESPN Chicago. Captain
2: J. Hood, weekday morning, 7 to 10 on ESPN 1000 and streaming on the ESPN Chicago app. The ESPN Chicago app. It's got all the shows. It's got extra content. Everything that you need is right there. If you have not done so, we appreciate you listening on ESPN 1000. But download the ESPN Chicago app. you listen to the podcast. Make sure that you like, share, and subscribe to all of our podcasts. From Cap and J. Hood to Carmen and Yurko to Wallem Sylvie, Black and Abdallah. And all the shows in between and the special shows we have. Check it out. Download, like, share, and subscribe. Now time for Super Bowl Price is Right. As Sylvie's in for Cap here on cap and jay hood ah the music it's been rolling since 1972 that same music nothing has gone out of style here's shay norling with the super bowl
3: prizes. right all right ticket prices i saw this in usa today at Allegiant stadium the most expensive in super bowl history according to tick pick huh? what is the average yeah. yeah. what's that, what's that? Tick, tick pick It's a reselling company.
0: It they, is. they do a commercial based on that name, yeah. too, don't they? Oh, a yeah. lot of tell me that. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I, was, I
2: got concerned there. I thought you were looking through my phone. Go it's ahead. a great name.
3: Uh, yeah. Go ahead. Oh, the story's actually about Brett Favre. Oh, uh, uh, average price of a Super Bowl ticket on the secondary market. Give it a go.
2: Average ticket price for the Super Bowl. Secondary market.
0: Most expensive in history. The, so this is the average, not the get in. Um, I'm going to go twenty-one hundred dollars. Oh, is that too high? I
2: no. I uh, I wrote down twenty thousand.
0: Twenty thousand yes. for for an average price? Yeah, I was trying to go oh. high. Oh, maybe, maybe maybe I'm low. Then <laughs> I, I was trying to go. I'm going to go twenty-one hundred.
3: All right, Price is Right rules. Sylvie wins, but you're both quite a bit off. Average ticket price to get in on the secondary market,
0: $9,619. Oh,
3: wow.
0: now, Nine grand. But I was the Okay. You're over, that's why. For price is right rules. Uh,
3: Where it really gets interesting. What is the average price to buy a suite at Allegiant Stadium for the Super Bowl? I, oh,
0: it, Doesn't, doesn't million, that sound
2: a million? Doesn't that sound like like high five
0: high five figures? I think it's a million dollars. Allegiant Stadium. It's all, the, all the booze, all the tickets. If the average get in price is nine grand, that means like a sweet ticket is 50 grand a person. And then this is all your food, all your drink. I'm going, I'll go a half mil. Oh, that's a good number. 500 grand.
2: Okay, so I'm going to go 501.
3: Wow, that's rude! But hoodie wins. Prices right rules. One point nine five million dollars. Oh wow, two million. One point nine five million. And it well, wasn't want, crazy to say a million. If you want the owners' club suite, which gets you twenty suite tickets, two parking passes, and a food and beverage package, two point five million. That's crazy. This story in USA Today comes up because Donna Kelsey. The mother of the greatest tight end, maybe in NFL history, and certainly one of the best players on the field on Sunday, will not have a suite. She will be in the stands Dang. because they cannot what? purchase a luxury suite. Dang. Lisa McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey's mother. Now keep in mind, McCaffrey makes about $16 million a year. He cannot afford to buy this suite. Dang. But Olivia Culpo, his girlfriend, said for her birthday, she's going to buy Christian McCaffrey's mother a suite. He said, no, you aren't. No. Nobody is paying that much money to watch me play. So players' parents will even be well, in the Well, where stands. is Taylor? Uh, Taylor's got worth $1.4 billion. <laughs> so, so why isn't box. Taylor
0: springing the suite for Donna Kelsey? That's a good question. Why they just didn't combine,
2: like the, all the players, just put some money together and get a suite for your family.
0: Taylor's got to get all
3: their celebrity friends in there. Ryan Reynolds, Blake Lively, all those people got to be in the suite.
2: Jay Moore, you know how this works, right? That is just like having 20 people at a dinner and you say, I paid just for the salad. So so you know how that works, right? You know, you're throwing in money, then you got, you know, it's all in, you got a big ticket, a big receipt, and it's just like, wait, I just had the salad in the one drink. I don't know how I got to pay. Two hundred dollars for this. Wait a minute, and so I that just works with nuts. That's right, <laughs> that's <I've> been, but... <laughs> And so that's what's going to happen, right? So you can't go all in together in the suite because you get a guy like Sylvie that's going to add it up right to the penny. And no, just... <laughs> I'm not
0: that way. <laughs> that... Not thirty years old anymore. No, you wait. What do you need? We'll put. We all chip in the same. You did it to me. When? All right. So we have to move on now when? to.
2: You want the year? Yeah. Oh, what happened. We move on now, 2011. We will move on now to... <laughs> to, was right so to right, years ago was Right, right hey. to the petty. Hoodie, I only had four beers. You Not had true. seven. You're making that up. That's true. You're making that Me, up. you, Carm, JD. Happened. Where was this? Down, down across the river. Across the river? Yep. That, that place that's been called 15 names by now. That you know what I'm talking about? Anyway. That's right across the river. I don't remember. That's a, well, you were drunk.
0: That's one <laughs> four drinks?
2: Yeah, you're pretty much one can, Dan. No, I'm yeah. not. I'm not yeah. cap. Yeah, you're pretty much. Because then there were shots on, there on top of that, too. And then you came in the next day. Right. And you had the big heavy cub hat on and the heavy sweat. I always have the heavy sweat. But then you, you sounded like this. Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. <laughs> oh, man. What's going on, everybody? We will talk to our guy, Mike Wilbon. You know how much we love Wilbon. And then you asked me for a square. And I thought that that was odd that you asked me for a loose square. And I'm like, I don't smoke. And I just thought that that was odd. And then you had a cigarette behind your ear. That was strange. I did not have a cigarette. Yeah, so, so my... I thought that this was strange. Is a
0: this is, I think and this Sylvie, is a dream. Sylvie, you had a durag on, too? You know, pretty, it. but I mean, pretty much, pretty
2: close. When this, man, yeah. when this guy drinks, his voice is completely low, like you, like Don Cornelius. It's amazing when he drinks the next day. You, I mean, it's like, so man, so like, what's up, man? I'm like Sylvie, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm clutching my pearls. Now I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> it's, like, it's weird this? security say you haven't been <laughs> what, around this guy when he's he was...
3: locking the windows and the door you know, pretty
2: much yeah like sylvie yeah absolutely when he, the day after he drinks he complete he's a different guy looser too yeah, uh, well definitely a lot looser but then the voice though the next day so wow, so that sounds good so black man how you doing that uh,
0: that's not I, true and i said
2: whoa that, that's not and i was like that, i said sylvie my god can i get a loose square Looks quite, i don't i don't i don't smoke what do you mean yeah so uh what's up with you what sylvie what do you mean what uh, uh,
0: are you asking me how am i doing i felt very uncomfortable that's what i i, I like to make you uncomfortable yes that's it and it's very hard to do so <laughs>
2: that's, that's i think that's very odd when you do that i mean all of a sudden you're just like
0: so what are we kicking tonight man what's up
2: we love Will I Bond. did
0: not do Down to the Penny, and that is untrue. Even in 2011. You were drunk. Maybe in 2001. Then, not 2011. Then two. Then two.
2: I was there. You don't remember because, as usual, you don't listen. I listened. <laughs> so, so <it> just, one <laughs> time. Yeah, yeah. No, more than one time. It's the chair. I understand. Shane. No, that doesn't work. Only I can do that. <laughs> that doesn't work when you do it. Shay! The only, no, sorry, it doesn't work. Only with Tyler.
0: Tyler? Yes, sir! That's not true. <laughs> That's not that what? is not true. Tyler, right? Abdallah?
2: Oh, God, it's like a dog like a dog whistle to him now. Not, not true. <laughs> <It's>
0: Pavlov's bell. <laughs> That's not true. Print out those stats for me, right? And we don't print out much. Carm's the printer.
3: I've noticed. He hates that thing, too. He's not happy.
0: He gets pissed at that printer.
3: We're going to have that scene from Office Space up there in a a couple days.
2: So, Do you have one more for us that you can give us? Could you give us one more? Fire up the Price is Right one more time.
3: That's all I have on this list. It's a huge increase from last year. But my takeaway was, like, we already know the Super Bowl is not for fans. It's not even for players' families. Right. Donna Kelsey can't get a
0: suite. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and I think there was a prop bet on who Taylor Swift would be seen with in the suite first. And Donna Kelsey was one of the favorites. So now, I'll write her off. If she's, she's
3: going to be in the stands, it's like It's got to be says, Brittany
0: Mahomes. Is Brittany Mahomes yeah. going to be with her in the suite? Brittany Mahomes is the favorite. Yeah.
3: See, Mahomes, okay. he can buy any suite. But on the Niners, look at the Niners cap sheet. The only guy on the team that can afford to buy a suite at the Super Bowl is Nick Bosa. Damn.
2: Nobody else can. Isn't that mm. something? So, so what, I mean, someone's dream to go to the Super Bowl, it's, it, you're, you'll never get there because of the prices. You'll never get there unless you get free tickets. Let me get a square. <laughs> <laughs> I don't smoke. <laughs> I feel a little bit afraid and uncomfortable. All right, coming up, we find out about the weekend weather with Tracy Butler. It's so nice. We brought her in today to talk about what's going to yes. happen this weekend. All right, it's coming up. It's Captain J. Hood with Sylvie N. It's ESPN 1000. Yeah
0: follow chicago's home for sports on twitter at espn 1000 cap and jay hood are back on espn chicago chicago's home for sports
2: it's the cap and jay hood code of the day brought to you by chicago cut steakhouse ah david flom think about this whether it's for clients friends for yourself if you want to go to Chicago Cut Steakhouse, as you well know, Sylvie, yep. that's the, t- the tip of the spear. That's the top of the
0: top when it comes to uh, fine dining. We were just there uh, for dinner three weeks ago. I always get, Cap loves it too, the bacon appetizer. Mm-hmm. Um, I always get their filet. I believe that it's the best filet, not only in Chicago, but in the country. They have their filets down to a science. They obviously have all their steaks. People love their skirt steak as well. I like to get a little uh, lobster tail with it, too. I know. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing That's wrong the with that. The, the best desserts as well. So check them out. Chicago Cut Steakhouse. All Maybe. right. Can we sit outside, Tracy? Okay, yes. Why don't you turn our mic on? That's a fine, by the
2: way. <laughs> One <How did laughs> dollar. I'm not
0: used to working
4: He's the microphone. I'm
2: not used to that. 50 That's not cents. A fun.
4: 50 cents. I'm negotiating for
2: him. We now turn now to Tracy Butler from ABC7 Eyewitness News. Put that in the Bernie's book bank. As uh, as Sylvie talked through the cut of the day, <laughs> so we can. So instead, we turn to Tracy Butler, from ABC7 Eyewitness News. Tracy, good morning.
4: Good morning. But you know what? We can eat outside today, you guys. The record high today is 62. I'm going with a forecast high of 60. Wow. 60? I know with the sun out too the sun and yeah absolutely the sun's gonna help us out today here's the thing though don't be surprised if you get a couple of thunderstorms that rock in the neighborhood this evening so we could have a little bit of that but these are average highs for late april
2: see tracy i'm not complaining because you've put together a terrific winter i mean this is the winter that we've dreamt about for a long long time this is like a winter in memphis It it is, where it's just like, you know, know, very little snow. It might be brisk and cold here and there, but this has been fantastic.
4: We only had that one week mid-January where it was bitterly cold. The last day we had any measurable snow was January 19th. We had 1.1 inches of snow. I mean, technically, you look at it, it was a snowy January, but most of it happened in the beginning of the month. And we haven't had anything like that. Now, I know there are some, you know, plow folks out there and folks who love snow and want to do their skiing. And they're saying, wait, I want the cold. I want the snow. I don't have anything bitterly cold. I might get you a few flurries Monday, but that's about it.
0: That's awesome. You know I'm going to be texting you, though, in April (laughs) when we're sitting out at baseball games. And it's going to be 35 degrees. I'm going to be ticked. But we'll take this now.
4: Yeah, you and Danny and then Coach, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Coach, uh, uh, UIC.
2: Coach uh, McDermott from UIC. We're trying to get our opening day underway, February 27th. Oh, good, good, luck. That's, that's be, good luck. I know. Good luck. I think it's likely. I think Tracy will take care of that.
4: I'm, I, I put the order in. Yeah. I'm just hoping we don't get February, uh, February weather in April. We when always do. Out. I know. I know. So I'm yep.
2: I'm all good with this. So is there any ramifications for this mild winter, though, for the spring? That's the question.
4: Spring. Well, that is the big question. But right now, it's still looking as though we will get maybe a bit of a colder spell. And I'm just talking within the next two weeks. And by that, I'm talking closer to average, low 30s, maybe some upper 20s. But I don't see anything on the immediate horizon that showcases something bitter and cold. But, you know, we do need the moisture. We do need some wet weather. I'm just glad we don't have that insane fog today. Uh, At least we get to see the sun, right?
2: Yes. So, Tracy, Super Bowl Sunday, have you made your selection? The Steelers.
4: Yeah, exactly. What do you think Can of Mitch? You pick it? Can Mitch get the no, job done? Oh no. <laughs> San Francisco, Kansas
2: City. What, you what's know your? What?
4: I, I, I'm having a soft spot for Brock Purdy. Huh? Purdy. I, I really am. You got the Niners. I mean, Good. I, I'm not favoring either team, but I think I just have a soft spot for him.
2: You just want to make sure that both teams
0: win and and play hard. <laughs> You can't do that at the Super Bowl.
4: I just want to make sure I win a square. That's what I <laughs> yes, want. Yes.
0: Root for the squares. And your bets. You got it. Sylvie, thanks for coming in, man. You got yeah. it. I've listened uh, the entire time except
2: once. That's fine. That's fine. That's, uh, that's a decent amount of time. It's more than I usually get. All right. Thank you, Shay. <laughs> thank you, Jay All right. Caps back tomorrow. Make sure you check in with us right here on Cap and Jay Hood on ESPN 1000. So long, everybody. From Chicago.